You're listening to the Turn Again Ministries podcast with evangelist Aaron Pratt. Turn Again Ministries is based out of Fellowship Baptist Church in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is dedicated to bringing America back to its godly heritage. Let's prepare our hearts as evangelist Aaron Pratt brings forth God's word to us today. Uh, the book of Isaiah sitting back there. Daniel asked me to fill in him for him the next two weeks, but I was only able to fill this week for him um, because of some things going on with his family there with Mason. And, wow, this is weird. Okay, there we go. And I'm sitting back there, and I'm like, oh, no, promotion Sunday? No, this is eating up my time. So, I mean... The truth is, is that nobody likes to own their own faults and take responsibility for it, so I'm going to follow that <laughs> and say that it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's Promotion Sunday's fault. Um, let's get started. We're in the book of Isaiah in chapter 49. Isaiah, if I had to, I asked my wife yesterday, if you had to pick one book, if somebody said you can only have one book for the rest of your life, and that is all that you can have. One book inside the Bible. She, being a very practical lady, and she's very practical, said the book of Psalms. Because you have everything in the book of Psalms. History, prophecy, Jesus, salvation. But I would say the book of Isaiah simply because I connect more with this book than any other book in Scripture. Every time I come to this book in my devotions, I just, I want to read it again. I get to the end, chapter number 66, and I want to start at chapter 1 again. I love this book. This guy speaks my language. I get it. Um, I think if he were walking this earth today, um, I would say that we would probably be pretty close to kindred spirits, except he would probably yell and preach at me. Um, Actually, I think Isaiah is kind of uh, misunderstood. He preaches hard. He preaches hard. But you also find that he has a very soft and tender heart. Um, He's preaching hard because he loves the nation of Israel. And he wants to see them come uh, to a state of revival. Well, we are in Isaiah chapter 49. And I, I need you. I hope that I don't lose you. And I need to establish some teaching, some foundation before I, I go on and bring the point of today's message. And that is, is that Isaiah chapter 49 is without a doubt, some of the verses that we will read and then the verses that we won't read there to follow, is without a doubt a prophecy of Jesus. Begin reading in verse 1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. Remember Mary being approached by the angel Gabriel and uh, him telling him telling Mary about the names of Jesus. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, and the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and hath made me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me, and said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. 
And now, saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Our Heavenly Father, I ask that you would um, keep me filled with your spirit, Lord. I ask that you would help me to organize this and to give the thoughts that you would have me to give, to skip the things that I need to skip, Lord. And just, Lord, I just pray that it would be spirit-filled. Um, that you would encourage, that you would encourage this morning. I pray for these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Indeed, if you were to read the rest of that chapter, the rest of that portion uh, of the chapter, you would see how everything lines up with the ministry of Jesus. You can see some of these verses fulfilled in the lives, life of Jesus. You can see them later on in Scripture in the New Testament. However, I would submit to you that verse number four is not talking about Jesus. I've read in the commentaries their explanations uh, about this verse, and I, I simply, I can't come to it. Then said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught. That is a statement of discouragement. Saying all of this work that I've done has become nothing. I, I simply cannot imagine Jesus saying that. In fact, I don't believe that you can find in the Gospels or in Scripture a place where Jesus says, all that I've done has been vain. This idea of a prophecy speaking about Jesus, but then some of the verses not necessarily applying to Jesus, is not something that's uncommon in Scripture. It's actually something that you see in Scripture. For example, Psalm number 40 in verse 6 says, Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. I, I want you guys to just tune in, okay? I have to establish this um, because I want you to understand that I'm not taking this out of context, okay? I want you to get that before I begin to preach it. So I don't want to lose you. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose you because you're going to be like, well, what is his point? My point is, is that though this is a prophecy of Jesus, this is most certainly a prophecy or a, a portion of scripture that applies to us today and applied to Isaiah in his ministry when he was writing the scripture. Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire, Psalm 40 verse 6, mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sun offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. Hmm. Well, we see that exact phrase in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 10. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Psalm 40, this portion of Psalm 40, is written as a prophecy of Jesus Christ. And then we read on later another prophecy in 40 verse 10, also fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Yet, we come down two verses later. And it says, David speaking here, David wrote this particular song. It says, For innumerable evils have come past me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. Now, did Jesus sin? Did Jesus have iniquities? The person that's writing this, he never changed voices. He never 
changed it from me to uh, me to I or me to you or I to you. He didn't change any pronouns here. The same person is talking throughout Psalm 40, yet we see part of it as a ministry, as a prophecy of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And then we find a little bit later that it's David speaking. We see in Isaiah chapter 49, most of these verses applying to Jesus Christ, but one of them not fully applying to Jesus Christ, and most certainly applying to the prophet Isaiah in his time. We see in verse 1, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far, The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. Isaiah was a man that was called to a particular service. He was called to preach. We read about his calling in Isaiah chapter 6. Might I add that each and every one of you sitting here today, you are called for a particular purpose. You may not receive the kind of calling that Isaiah received in Isaiah chapter 6. You may not receive the same kind of experience or same kind of calling that men who have been called to preach or, or men who talk about their calling to preach have experienced. God used Isaiah chapter 6 to call me to the mission field of China. That was where for the first time ever I really was encountered with the transcendent God. Jesus, God, high and lifted up. But each and every one of you, whether or not you've received such an experience, whether or not you've received such a call, God has called you. He has designed you for a particular purpose from your mother's womb. You have a purpose. Many of you are fulfilling that purpose here today. Some of that purpose is to raise godly children. Some of that purpose is to be a soul winner. Some of that purpose is to live righteously, to live holy. You have a corner of the world in your marketplace and where you work and how you interact with people and how you interact with your family and how you interact with your church family. God has called you to a purpose. You are part of the body of Christ. That part of the body that you represent, you are called for a purpose. Live that purpose. Grasp it. Take hold of it. Love it. Be the person God has called you to be. Don't shun it and sit back and say, oh, but if I could only be the foot, if I could only be the hand, if I could only be the eye. No, no, no. If you're the foot, stay the the foot. If you're the hand, stay the hand. That is the purpose God has called you to. We see, though, in Isaiah chapter 6, I love the book of Isaiah. If I ever, if the Lord ever led me to preach through, if I was ever in a position to preach through the entire book of Isaiah, I think I would die still preaching through Isaiah. I'm serious. I get so much out of this book. Uh, We see in Isaiah chapter 6 as as uh, Isaiah sees the Lord God high and lifted up, sitting upon his thrones and the angels singing praises to the glory of God. Wow. We see 
Isaiah is impacted with the transcendence of God. He sees God for who he is. He sees them as holy. He sees them as high and lifted up above all things. And Isaiah is on his knees and he says, here am I, send me. But then we see, God says, okay, go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. And he goes on and says, Isaiah, you're going to have a ministry, but it's going to be a ministry with very little fruit. You're going to have a ministry to preach for the cause of revival in the nation of Israel in Judah, in Jerusalem. You're going to have a ministry to impact kings, but they're going to ignore you, Isaiah. To impact the nation of Judah, but they are going to ignore your words, Isaiah. I will fill your mouth with my words, but they will ignore it again and again and again. And he he closes the end of that chapter with, you're going to have a very little remnant from your ministry. God has a plan for your life, a ministry for everyone's life, a purpose for everyone's life. And your purpose is not the same as my purpose, though it all comes together collectively to bring pleasure and glorify the Lord God Almighty. Your specific calling is not the same as my specific calling in life. I don't have the same children to raise as you. They're not the same as your children. Then we see Isaiah, back in Isaiah chapter 49. And skipping down verses 2, I believe that 2 and 3, talking about Isaiah applying, of course, to Jesus Christ, but talking about Isaiah being a prophet for God. And then it says in verse 4, Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught. Isaiah says, I have poured out my heart for the nation of Israel. I have worn king after king in the nation of Israel, and they've turned your backs from you, Lord. I have showed them the way to righteousness and the way for healing and the way for revival and the way for blessing in your land, Lord, and they have ignored me. They have not heeded. And so all of these things that I've done, this suffering that I've been through, all of this preaching that I've done is in vain. And if you would allow me to just explore a little in the imagination of things here, I can imagine at this point, if I place myself in Isaiah's shoes, I can imagine he looks back on the history of mankind and looks back on the history of the nation of Israel. And he looks back and maybe he goes back to Noah's days. Noah preaching righteousness. Noah preaching for the cause of revival. Building an ark saying God's going to destroy this land. Come and receive him. Come and repent, 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 repent or you shall perish. And he only sees eight souls saved. He only sees his own family saved. And I can imagine Isaiah saying, that man preached the end of the world and nobody heeded him except his own family. What difference am I going to make? And then I can see 
As God calls out a special nation in the nation of Israel with special inheritances, with a special blessing, with special spiritual privileges, yet they rejected them time and time again. They entered the promised land and they were worshiping not the one true and only Jehovah God, but they took upon themselves the idols. And then they eventually said, we want to be, we want to have an earthly king like every other nation. You see, at that time in the book of Judges, they were, like un, they were unlike any other nation. Their king was God. And the great prophet Samuel, the great prophet Samuel says, this is not the will of God for you, but God's going to give it to you anyway. And they don't heed his word. They reject the prophet Samuel's word and they say, give us, a, give us a king anyway. We want to be like the other nations. And they rejected the great prophet Samuel. They, they, they did despite to his warnings. And we see throughout the history of the nation of Israel from Saul all the way through the last king that they were continually again and again having a heart of idolatry. And if they did worship God again and again and again, they mixed it with pagan practices. And as I think about these things and apply them to the United States of America and to our churches, I think of the same things. I think of preachers through the years who have given themselves over for the cause of Christ, tore, just poured themselves out for the cause of Christ, and they saw little flickers of revival here and little flickers of revival here, and some of them gave their lives for Christ and never ever saw any fruit or hardly any fruit. And I look back at that and I say, if these guys, if these guys, if these guys never made a seeming difference in the ministry, what difference can I make? And we go on and the nation of Israel was given a temple to build and Solomon built this temple. But then they began to take this temple and take this lighthouse, this place that was supposed to be a lighthouse, not only for the nation of Israel, but for the Gentile world. It was supposed to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. <laughs> to see salvation in the, in the eyes of the Gentiles. But then they turned it into formalism and materialism. And we are no different today, folks. Our churches are filled with formalism. We come to church and we sing hymns. Are you singing with your heart? Because if you're not, then it's a formalistic worship. And go and read Isaiah chapter 1 and see how God feels about formalistic worship. Given over to materialism, we, we, we don't want to sacrifice our own comforts for the eternal causes of Christ in our day and age. We see that this formalism and materialism led to many social injustices that you read about all through the prophets. And let me tell you that the extent of social injustices in America or in any other country isn't a reflection of how man views mankind. Social injustices is not a reflection of how I view you or you view me. It's a reflection of how man views God. You see, if we have the fear of God in our eyes, then there's no social injustice prevailing in a society. 
A society that has the fear of God in their eyes. They are not a society that are given over and accepting the sodomite agenda. They are not a society that's given over to and accepting abortion. The problem with our society is a lack of knowledge of the holy. I can imagine at this point of the ministry as Isaiah looks back over the years and years and years of prophets after prophet after prophet that preached revival and preached repentance and they saw sometimes a glimmer of revival and some of them never saw revival. And Isaiah says, I've labored for these people, but they've rejected it. I've warned them to not make alliances with with Assyria, yet Uzziah ignored my warnings, ignored the prophecy of Scripture, and rejected, rejected what I told him. said, I will trust in Assyria, and I will trust in my own reasoning. You have a pastor that again and again and again preaches to you, and 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 submits biblical thoughts your way, and I'm afraid that many sitting here today reject them again and again and again. And you say, I will, and you might not say this in your heart, but you do it in your actions. I will accept my own reasoning and not Scripture. We can pay lip service to accepting the teachings of pastor again and again and again, but my folks, it doesn't mean anything if you're not living it. Again and again and again, Isaiah preached prophecies. He was preaching, he counseled, and he was rejected He was the one who again and again and again identified God as the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One, the high and lofty one who inhabiteth eternity. And I have to think that Isaiah, he never got over the transcendency of God. He never got over a God that was high and lifted up. And he thought, why can't these people see? Why can't these people see that the way to blessing, the way to fruitfulness in the land of Israel isn't through your own reasoning, but it's through accepting the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. It's through accepting the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One. It's through accepting holiness and living lives that are holy. We see in verse 4, the second half of verse 4, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. Isaiah says, yeah, you look at my ministry and it appears fruitless. I've preached to kings and they've directly rejected my counsel. I've prophesied and it's come to pass and they directly reject the Lord God of Israel. And God promised to me whenever he called me that I would see very little fruit in my ministry, that my ministry would appear to be vain. And Isaiah says, though my ministry appears to be vain, let me tell you, my work is with the Lord. Many of you, you... I have to, I I just, I'm going to be candid and honest with you. Not that they're mutually exclusive, but I'm just, I want to be candid and open with you, I should say. My wife made a comment here this past week, and she said, you know, as I look at the families in our church, 
and I see the rebellion of their children. It's something that's a little bit discouraging because these are good families. These are families that I'm sure made their mistakes but did their best. And we look around, as young folks, we look around and we see just the tearing apart of godly families. We think, is my labor going to be in vain as well? It's something that can breed discouragement. And as I, as a preacher, as I look at your ministry, Pastor, and I see you've poured your heart and soul into the lives of so many young people and so many older people that have simply rejected you and rejected God and rejected your word, it's something that can be very discouraging to me. Because I think if this man, if his ministry seems, get that word, seems to be vain, what difference can I make? But we don't labor for results. We labor for the Lord. And as Isaiah said, my work, my ministry is with the Lord. We are called to be something. And whatever it is that we are called to do, we are called to be faithful to that calling each and every day. Regardless of what the results of that ministry seem to be, we are called to be faithful. Because our work was with the Lord, and it's not our own work anyway. It is the Lord's work. And the Lord is the one that brings the results. The Lord is the one that brings the fruit. Some men's sins are open before Him, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Some of you will be judged for your sin in this life, but be sure your sins will find you out in this life or the next. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. Your good works will be rewarded. Your faithfulness to your calling will be rewarded. Regardless of what the circumstances say in this life, you will be rewarded in this life, but definitely in the next life. In verse 5, we read on, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant. God formed you from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. Wow. God says, listen, Isaiah, I've called you to preach for revival and repentance in the nation of Israel. And I have told you beforehand that you will have a very small remnant, a very small impact on the nation of Israel. Yet I want you to know that you'll still be glorious in my eyes. And God says to you, brothers and sisters, I've called you for a specific purpose. And whether or not men appreciate you, and whether or not men reject you, whether or not men accept you, whether or not men, whether or not your children follow your counsels and your teaching and your parentage, whether or not they do that, you'll be glorious in my eyes. Me? Glorious? How is that possible? I am but dust. I am but frail. I am but sinful. How is that possible? Because of Christ in me, not because of me. Get your focus not on what is around you and not on your own self, but get your focus on eternity. Get your focus on the one that inhabiteth eternity.
And he says, God, and my God shall be my strength. Isaiah's name means Jehovah is helper. Salvation is of the Lord. And again and again and again, we see Isaiah preaching the same thing that encompasses his name, saying, repent, repent, repent. And Jehovah, the Lord God, will help you to repent. He will help you. He will give you the spiritual grace for repentance. There's not an appearance of success for Isaiah and his ministry. As we look at it, as men would look at it, if he were sitting here today, he would be in the White House and he would be in Congress and he would be in the churches and he would be on the street side. He would be preaching revival. He would be preaching repentance. He would, he would tell our congressmen and our president to not sign a funding bill to fund killing babies. And he would be disregarded. And he wouldn't see much revival in his churches. And he wouldn't see much results from his preaching on the street. And he would see political leaders ignore him time and time again. He says, what is my ministry? It is but vain. All that I've labored to do, I see no fruit from it. I see hardly any results from it. And God says, listen. In verse 6, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. It's but a light thing for you to receive, for you to see revival in your local churches. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Well, wait a second here. Isaiah, as far as we know, never left the land of Judah. He only preached in the land of Judah. He was a preacher to Israel and to Judah. How, how can he be a light to the Gentiles? We can speculate that maybe the things that he pre preached, the remnant, that one-tenth of Israel that remained, that were not judged but gave their hearts to the Lord, those people... Took, their, took the knowledge that Isaiah gave them, had them and the prophecies and the preaching that he gave them and they took it as they were dispersed throughout the known world, as they were dispersed in this pocket of, of the world, in this pocket of the world, that maybe they took those things and preached the Jehovah God in the cities in which they were trans, transported to. And maybe that prepared the way for the ministries of men like Paul the Apostle. And maybe that prepared the way for the ministries of other missionaries that are unnamed in Scripture, but we will know of in eternity. But this is something that we don't actually have to speculate about. You see, there is a time in the book of Acts where there is a, a man from Africa. He's called the Ethiopian eunuch. And there is another man who was called away from a revival meeting. His name is Philip. He was called away to witness to this one man. And as he goes up and he sees this one man in his chariot, he recognizes that he's reading from what book? Isaiah, the Ethiopian eunuch, a Gentile. 
reading from Isaiah. Isaiah had long passed away. Never saw the fruit of what came about with the Ethiopian eunuch. He never saw the fruit of then what came about after the Ethiopian eunuch accepted Christ as his Savior. And he never saw the fruit of what came about as men preached the gospel in Isaiah all across the world. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you that when you look around your life, your ministry, your family, and you see, you say, Lord, I tried my best. I gave myself to you, and I don't understand why things aren't working out the way that I thought they would. I don't understand why I don't see such results, why I don't see people coming to true revival, because it's always available to you, unless you're reprobate. I don't understand how I could pour such love into my family. Because many of you, your biggest ministry, every single one of you, I should say, your biggest ministry is your family. And it seems to be vain. And God says, listen, my children, you don't work for results and fruit. You leave that up to me. You provide an atmosphere for your family that would give them the greatest opportunity to serve me. That is your role as parents. And in your ministry that you're called to, you give your heart, you give your all, you be spirit-filled, you be surrendered to me, and you let me be concerned about the results. Your reward is waiting in eternity, not in this life. And God says, let me just add one other thing. You have no idea what you're doing today, how it will impact, how it will impact if the Lord tarries 200 years from now, 50 years from now, 10 years from now, what you're doing today, today, on this Sunday, today, let's make it real, folks, what you're doing today, how it will impact 10 years from now, 20, 50, 100 years from now. So you just work for the Lord and you just give your all for the Lord and you just keep going. And regardless of what the circumstances look like, you give your all to the Lord and let him be worried or concerned, I should say, about results. Brother Daniel, can you close us in prayer? You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.